Good morning, everyone. Uh, we have Mike Shop in the GOAT District, Dan Williamson in the GOAT District. We're, we're excited. This is NFL Playoff Week, fellas. How you guys feeling? Man, Good. totally fired up. I'm excited. Let's get after it. Too. You know the Pope listens Dynasty our religion For the blokes missing On all of these trades On all of these plays On all of these grades By the end of the day Y'all getting played So what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex Send the homie a text That trash offers the best You try to make it complex Then they text you back Now all of a sudden They don't make any sense (laughs) Broaden your horizons boy Dynasty's not for the Simons boy these trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be trading. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Bait them. So we have Mike Shope in the house. Uh, it's it's a pleasure to have you in, Mike. You you have fantastic insights. We had you on for a tailgate show. I've been on your show. Uh, if anybody does know Mike, he's one of the most respected voices for the Bills. Um, and I would also say he's become a very, very respected voice among high-stakes fantasy players. He's got a lot of skin in the game. He's had a lot of success uh, in different formats. Uh, so I think you can wear a lot of different hats, Mike. But I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about the DeMar Hamlin situation, how he came back. Um, basically, it was like the, the talk of the entire planet. Um, you, you went from the, you know, the, the Bengals-Bills game ending to this, uh, to everybody kind of being happy and, and emotional this weekend, and you got a big win. Yes, thank you for those kind words. And here are some of my different hats, by the way, uh, behind me. Um, it was incredible to experience how the entire sports world just sort of moved, moved to the DeMar Hamlin story. Donovan Mitchell scored 71 points in an NBA game and went to the press conference and talked about Hamlin uh, after playing for the, the Cleveland Cavaliers last week. It was just, I mean, at first, the scariest thing I've ever seen in sports. Um, the, the looks on the players' faces, Josh Allen, Trey White, Steph Diggs, like, well, just, they're, they're indelible images. And for it improved to a point where, you know, Thursday and Friday, they're kind of joking around at practice. Tony Romo was talking all day yesterday about how, how loose they seemed. Then you have the opening kickoff return for a touchdown, which, by the way, as incredible as a moment that is, like if I'm coaching that team, they are not calling a holding penalty on you in this moment. So just go ahead, do what you need to do, because, you know, imagine the ref. And the game went into the fourth quarter before there was an accepted penalty yesterday. Um, really special day, and it's great to see Hamlin doing well. It's been quite a week. Yeah, I love the um, the teammate he had on the Indianapolis Colts from the Hunt Central Catholic even got the interception and ran it back and, and stood on the, the number three. It was like it, it went from like one of the most tragic things to kind of an uplifting uh, positive story. So that was that was really great to see. Uh, Dan, any thoughts on, on the games this weekend? I know um, it, it was kind of kind of wild. I mean, you had last night's game uh, in particular. Any any game stand out to you, Dan? Yeah, I thought it was interesting, uh, you know, like 
Dallas and Washington, uh, you know, Dallas was really, really struggling. Um, I, I thought that one was interesting. Um, I, I think the, you know, basically what we saw from the, the Ravens, if they get um, Lamar Jackson back this week, I think that's going to be a pretty interesting game with the uh, Bengals too. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think this playoffs is setting up to, to have some really good games. Yeah, it's it's interesting, um, and I'm I'm not sure if this is something historically, but I would guess that it might be the only year that this has happened. Or, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but every single game this weekend, the teams have played each other in the regular season. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's really wild. Um, you know, I had kind of you you go through this gauntlet of a 17 week season, and I'm like, wow, you know, Jacksonville actually went in LA and beat the hell out of them this year. There's like a number of storylines uh, uh, for these matchups. So it's, it's super interesting. But before we get into the fantasy playoffs, I think we might as well give our players of the of the year awards. We'll call this the GOAT District Player of the Year. We're going to go through all the NFL awards that, that they give out. Uh, and we're just going to say who, who we think we think uh, should earn them. Um, why don't we start with Mike on this? Who is your MVP, Mike? Mahomes is going to win. And I don't want to work too hard to poke holes in that. I mean, he's awesome. Um, it's a tough award. Like, in other sports, you can use different positions and compare and talk about value in a real way. In football, you just can't. Like, there's no position that compares to the importance of the quarterback. So it's really like, okay, who's the best quarterback this year? And Mahomes would be my pick. I do think the gap between Mahomes and Allen should be lesser than it is and you know Mahomes is just this incredible player who can make these off script throws all the different arm angles you know wow Allen does some of that but the value of his running can't be overestimated I think just defenses having kind of no move against him as we've seen and head to head he's been fine against Mahomes if you want to do it like that so so Allen for me is a close second but Mahomes will win Dan yeah, it's, I, I think it's definitely going to be Mahomes. There, there's no doubt about it. I, I do agree with Mike, and also, you know, to his point, uh, Josh Allen kind of scrambles around like a young Ben Roethlisberger, you know, buying incredible amounts of time uh, for his receivers at times. So it, it's very fun to watch, but, yeah, it's going to be Mahomes. Yeah, and I think it's Mahomes uh, as well, and I think that he kind of put that team on his back, especially losing Tyreek Hill and putting up the numbers that he did. How about Rookies of the Year? Uh, offensive and defensive uh, rookies of the year. Uh, start with Mike again. I guess uh, Gardner is the easy favorite for defense, and I don't see a problem with that. Offense is really hard. I mean, it's been different guys all through the year, going back to Brees Hall in the beginning, and he didn't actually start start right hot, you know, this year. But it's been five or six different guys in the lead. The odds have been really close. I don't know who will win. I think I might vote for Algier. Like, I would never vote for, for Brock Purdy. Uh, you know, nice story, but it's just too few games. Garrett Wilson, I think maybe Garrett Wilson wins. He went out. I mean, you have this Flacco game where they score six points, but what was Wilson, eight for 101 yeah. in that game? So, you know, I, I think I would predict Wilson wins, but Algier makes it interesting. You have Olave and Kenneth Walker who are also in the conversation. That'll be a good one. Dan? Yeah, I'm going directly counter to Mike. I think – I don't think he will win it, but I think Brock Purdy should win it. Uh, you know, not not so many games, but I mean, you know, how often do you see Mr. Irrelevant step in and quarterback a team without missing a beat like that? I mean, that's that's just incredible. 
you know, great system for the quarterback, all that kind of stuff. I mean, he's got a great supporting cast, but still, to just step in there and, and not let the moment be bigger than him. Uh, I, I, I would take Olave over Wilson. I know that's not how it's going to play out in the actual votes, but, um, you know, I, I think probably Wilson is going to win it. But my, my vote would be per, for Brock Purdy. I think Ken Walker is an interesting one because I think it, at times he put that team on his back. Um, and it was a, I, I really wish it could have been a, a full sample size for him because I think his stats would have been ridiculous. But for me, it's, it's double Jets. I think Garrett Wilson is going to be a wide receiver one in this league for a long time. I think that he was able to really – he had game-winning moments. I mean, he caught the game-winner against Cleveland. Chicago, they, they had a big win. He had two, the, two, the go-ahead touchdown and the kind of the clinching one. Uh, he had multiple big games, and I think he's an absolute stud. And also, I, I live on Long Island, so it's nice to see the Jets have a, a watchable offense. Uh, and then Sauce Gardner looks like he's going to be maybe the shutdown corner in this league or one of them for years to come. The Jets absolutely nailed their draft and, and, uh, and a hat tip to them. I think if they can figure out a quarterback this offseason, they're, they're very interesting. Uh, how about defensive player of the year? Uh, start with Mike. Well, that's been who? That's been Bosa. Uh, in the odds, and you have Micah Parsons there, too. I don't have a strong take on that, but um, I know Parsons, I guess these are both guys who can do this, just the way they affect games um, do seem like worthy worthy choices, but I don't have a strong lean on who should win. Shout out to Nick uh, Costantino, who's actually paying Mike's appearance fee uh, due to his main event uh, title this week. So Mike, Mike will receive a nice FedEx package later today at his home, and a hot tip to the Go Bills guys, uh, your Buffalo area is just loaded with fantasy, uh, good fantasy minds that have been on this, the GOAT district from the Go Bills guys, uh, you know, Nick, uh, Dom, uh, and Sean. And then, you know, you have Adam, you have yourself, uh, Mike Leone. It's uh, a hat tip to the Buffalo area. How about That's, you? That, that, if I just can add to that, I mean, it's so wild, right? It's like awesome. Liam Murphy, Liam Murphy won Best Ball yeah. Mania too. Yeah, he's not from here. Yeah, I don't think he's from the area. But Go Bills is the name of his team. The guy who won the FFPC <laughs> Playoff Challenge is a Buffalo guy. Also, last year, I don't know him, but it's just kind of the San Pedro de Macaris of uh, of fantasy. Well, it's sort of <laughs> like how Dan, you know, we talked about how the Minnesota area is loaded with fantasy minds. You, Austin Martin, Bip, Bip Mandel. Uh, Paul Fishman. I mean, there's a number of guys from Minnesota as well. I guess it when it's so damn cold, you guys can't go outside. You have more time <laughs> to grind uh, fantasy football inside. Hey, now we're not scared of the cold. It's just that we know. Well, it, at least in Minnesota, we know not, the Vikings aren't going to win us a championship, so we're on our own to do it. Uh, you know, <laughs> so we, we we try a little harder. And then for you, Dan, are, are which way are you leaning for defensive player of the year? I'm going to go with Mike Parsons. Um, you know, I, I know he's been struggling a little bit uh, with some injuries of late, but, uh, you know, to me it just kind of shows the value of uh, what he brings because when he's not at full strength, that Cowboys defense is just not the same. Yeah, I think you kind of nailed it, Dan. For me, it's uh, like if Bosa was lost for the year, the 49ers defense would still get it done. I think Parsons just brings so much. He's, he's truly an elite player in his second year. Um, what a what a draft pick for Dallas and, and a shame on a bunch of teams for letting him fall in, in the draft to them. How about offensive player of the year? This is a really fun one this year, guys. Uh, Mike? Jefferson has been the favorite. I don't know if that changed in the last week off the game he had in Green Bay. He and Tyreek Hill both kind of, I don't know, do you want to say stumbled in, but didn't have their exact, like Cooper Cup last year kept the pace up all the way to the end. 
and Jefferson couldn't quite do that, or Tyreek. I think I would go. I would go Jefferson, though, uh, despite that. Yeah, I am contractually obligated to say Justin Jefferson, and <laughs> I actually believe that too. So yeah, Jefferson. I will say, like Jefferson's the one-on-one next year. He's the, maybe the best player in the NFL, but I think I might go Tyreek Hill just because he made that offense. I, they don't make the playoffs without Tyreek Hill. He was unbelievable for them. He had 170 targets. He set career highs in catches, career highs in yardage uh, in his first year there. I mean, he was truly dominant uh, in, 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 but, you know, you could call it a co-op. I'll take the cop out. I'll go co-offense. I'll, 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 I'll just say, Theo, everything you just said about Tyreek Hill is true of Justin Jefferson as well. One, 100%. <laughs> 100%. They're both, is, they're both special seasons. Is there anybody else who could make a claim? I mean, there, I've seen this as a as a way to get like Jalen Hurts, like you know, the way to get another quarterback the award. Uh, if you want to make that argument, I think Jalen Hurts could have been uh, in the MVP uh, discussion a little bit more if he didn't get hurt uh, and didn't miss a couple of games. And I think this could be like you can make a case for Jalen Hurts about how he really elevated uh, Philadelphia, put him on his back. But that's just a way to get like the MVP is going to a quarterback. It's like we don't need to give that to another quarterback. How about you, Dan? What about Eckler, by the way? I want to ask him, too. Yeah. Eckler's probably the next closest for me. Um, Hertz also, uh, you know, he's he's in the conversation, but I really think it's probably going to be most likely Jefferson. Now, uh, how about um, let's go with Coach of the Year. This is a fun one and a competitive one. That's really good. And the odds have moved around a lot lately. I have a weekly conversation with Joe Ostrowski from BetQL on my WGR show. And I was talking about Brian Dable a couple weeks ago. And Joe's like, well, he's way back. And then after week 17, he was like right at the top. I wouldn't vote for him. He's got a good case. Sirianni, fine. About the two William and Mary teammates. Mike Tomlin, again, getting to nine wins. Sean McDermott with all the adversity of the bills and 13 and three the defense is always good i mean injuries mcdermott seems to never get mentioned there but what a season he's had but i would vote for kyle shanahan i just like they are good everywhere and it didn't matter that they lost two quarterbacks along the way um the running back the way they've handled running back is very strange over the years with draft picks and what what they've done they put a lot of draft capital into McCaffrey, of course, and before that, Trey Lance, a quarterback. But the team is good everywhere, and I would vote for him. It's close, though. Yeah, a lot of great candidates. I mean, you know, I, I, I think this is one of the most wide open races I've seen in a few years. Um, I think Sirianni's probably likely to win it, but um, you know, I, I, I think you can throw in McDermott, I think you can throw in Andy Reid. I mean, you know, that, that uh, Kansas City Chiefs offense got just completely reinvented this year, and it's better than ever, you know, basically, even without Tyreek Hill. So, yeah, and uh, Mike Tomlin, yeah, <laughs> how, how he got that team to nine wins was uh, definitely a, a, a magic trick I would like to see behind the scenes on. <laughs> yeah, I, Scott in the chat, I, I think that's a nice call with the, Doug Peterson, the big turnaround there. But for me, it's, it's Kyle Shanahan. Just because the adversity at the quarterback position – um, they did not start out the year like, you know, super, super strong. And then they've been able to turn around and become arguably the the favorite for the Super Bowl with all respect to the AFC. San Francisco is just mauling people. So Kyle Shanahan just really showed his worth 
Uh, this was a massive year for him to go from Trey Lance to Jimmy Garoppolo to Brock Purdy and, and not miss a beat and to integrate CMC into his offense. I mean, it's not hard to integrate a stud, but he did it. And, you know, the guy, they, they look awesome. So I'm, I'm going Shanahan. Uh, now, guys, how about comeback player of the year? This is also a really, really fun one. And I think it's kind of a litmus test for how you view the word comeback as well, because there's a couple interesting storylines. Mike? Yes, uh, I've talked about this one a lot. We can't bet these in New York State, but they're uh, they're fun to talk about, and you can bet them other places. The beginning of the year, the favorite was Derrick Henry, and I just couldn't – I hated that. Like, he played in the playoffs last year. I mean, okay, he got hurt, he came back. What is he coming back from if he wins comeback player of the year? So an injury, and with that sort of thinking in mind, Saquon Barkley has been at or near the top of the odds this year. To me, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't have the – rules in front of me for that award but Gino like would be he's kind of exactly what a comeback looks like I think he's, I know he's been in the league he played at the end of last year too so it's a kind of a confusing one but that's to me kind of the definition of it uh rather than a guy who's coming off a, an injury that guys come back from like a McCaffrey or somebody like that so I love the Gino Smith story I wasn't too excited about them getting in I wanted to see Detroit there but um, still, like they're in, and that's a that's a great job because I mean, almost nobody would have predicted that. For any sure, of it, any of it. It's a movie. Uh, it's a thirty for thirty, at least, if not a uh, feature film. Dan, what do you think for comeback player of the year? Yeah, it's got to be Gino. I mean, what a what a great story, and uh, you know, every, everybody just assumed that team was going to be dead in the water with Russell Wilson gone. Uh, so you know what what Gino did at quarterback to keep that team afloat. Uh, you know, I, I, obviously it's a team effort out there, but uh, he certainly did his part. Yeah, this is a tough one for me because I, I feel like Saquon Barkley, we all believed in the comeback and he validated it. Um, and I think he'll be drafted very highly next year. And that's a wonderful for fantasy. But uh, we're talking real life NFL right now. And it's got to be Geno. It's like this. It's wild. It's just a wild, you know, they lose Russell Wilson. And, and I think we we might say they have a better quarterback situation right now than, than Denver going into next year um, with Gino, it's it's just wild. And he, I think he deserves it. He deserves to get paid. And I think he'll get another year at the helm, um, potential for more if he keeps doing it. So uh, that was exciting. Uh, time to move on though, guys. Um, I don't think we need to talk executives here in the GOAT district. So we'll, we'll move on to the to the fun one. It is wild card weekend. Like we said in the, in the, in the earlier part of the show, you know, the, there's a lot of history between the teams playing. Uh, the first game is actually the Seahawks Niners. The Niners are a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, they played twice this season. Uh, San Francisco won won the games, uh, both games. Uh, one was a little bit close. One was not. Uh, this is a rematch of the 2014 NFC title game. Uh, there's a ton of history uh, between Pete Carroll and Kyle Shanahan. Does Seattle have any shot, Mike? It's kind of the reflex is to say no. Um, the line is almost 10, and – it's going to be kind of a challenge, I think, to get yourself into a Seattle kind of headspace here for this game on the road. I mean, happy to be there. Uh, San Francisco can just maul you. And that defense, the Seahawks, isn't the one you'd pick to take on that challenge and expect them to do well. But with as good as the 49ers look, um, I feel like the line kind of tells you they, they're sort of daring you to pick Seattle. Um like, it's just going to be so easy to want to give nine and a half with San Francisco, I think. And that sort of slows me down. But the Niners, 
clearly deserve to be a good favorite. Do you have any fantasy guys you're looking at from either side here, Mike? I feel like, so the FFPC playoff challenge is one where I put a lot of energy into. If I may, the Draft Sharks guys and I are doing a roundtable show tomorrow morning on that tournament. And I don't know numbers, but George Kittle feels like he's going to be the player on most of, like on more rosters than anyone else. With what, I mean, what did he have two more yesterday? And with, with Purdy, um, Kittle will be very popular. And if that's right, like why, if it, if it isn't true, it's because of the good other options you have on San Francisco. But if people want to just sort of lean on George Kittle here, tight end premium, McCaffrey and Debo and Ayuk are interesting pivots. So, um, you know, if it's one guy, like I think Kittle is probably the play, but you have a lot of different interesting ways you can go, maybe even the quarterback. Yes. Um, it is, it's, it's definitely, you want some of that San Francisco exposure, but how much will Kittle be rostered is a, is a great, great question. I'm sure Adam Krautworth will have some good ideas about that uh, <laughs> tomorrow. Uh, Dan, Dan, what's your thoughts on this game? Yeah, and to, to Mike's point, uh, before I get into that, you know, to a certain extent, it really doesn't, you know, if, if Kittle is actually the dominant play, then it's really not going to matter how much he's rostered, uh, you know, because he's going to be one of those guys you basically have to have to win the, the title. Uh, but it, it, as we said, there are some interesting pivots here, and I don't think it's any sort of certainty that Kittle's going to be the dominant play. So there's a lot of different ways you can go with this offense. I think it's probably going to be a, a little bit of a closer game than, than most think. I got a 24-16 Niners. Uh, I think that uh, Seattle is, you know, they're good enough to hang around. Uh, you know, they know the Niners well. Uh, you know, it's, it's pretty rare that, you know, it's going to be a blowout between uh, division rivals like this. So, And it's also tough for, um, you know, for a team to win against a, another team three times during the same season. But uh, I, I do think the Niners can get it done. And um, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, in the for Seattle, uh, Tyler Lockett would be my play, uh, most likely out of everybody. Yeah, I think it's going to be, have to be a pass catcher if you're going to go with the Seattle player, just because I think San Francisco will do a good job against Ken Walker. Um, Christian McCaffrey for me, um, I know there'll be a lot of love for George Kittle, but I, I could see McCaffrey just having a fantastic playoffs. Um, this is, you know, why he's in San Francisco. I think they're going to lean on him. I do think it's going to be a, a game where where San Francisco covers the number. Um, Seattle has not looked great lately, um, and I think C San Francisco is trending up, and I think they send a statement uh, week one. So I think that uh, for me, I would I would definitely eat the chalk if I if I wager on this game. Moving remember on. the excuse me. Remember the second meeting was a night game in Seattle, and the, the Niners kind of like it stayed close. They had a pick six that didn't count because of a terrible call and a roughing the passer or something in that game. So, but they were much the better team there. And the first game was really early, but they controlled that game too. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, Jacksonville, uh, Los Angeles. It's a very, very interesting one. Uh, you have a nine-win Jacksonville team. It's the hosting. Uh, this is the first time they've won their division since 2017. They actually smoked the Chargers in week three in L.A., 38 to 10. It was kind of like the, whoa, you know, Doug Peterson's going to get done here, um, you know, kind of game. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? The, the Chargers are a slight favorite here, Mike, and we have a pretty high total for this one. Yeah, uh, very dubious 
strategy yesterday with the Chargers. I mean, they might have lost Mike Williams. I mean, just why? So um, <laughs> these, these Week 18 games, you just sort of watch, you, you sort of cringe watching them when it's Dallas or the Chargers, the teams that don't need the games. Dallas had sort of turned out that way, I guess. Tough. Um, I don't know, like, where the, the lean is for me yet. The first meeting was so long ago, and remember that game? James Robinson busted a 50-yard run on fourth and inches. It was just like the, the seas parted, and it was just kind of weird like that. I didn't watch that game, but I know a little bit about it. Um, <laughs> that's that's going to be tough. Jacksonville, uh, they, were, they were a little bit lucky to win Saturday night against a Tennessee team with Dobbs that uh, had been on a big losing streak, so... I'll say Chargers for now, but that's a that's a close call. Any fantasy players you're looking at in this game or for the grand context of the one game these teams play? Yeah, so again, with that FFPC tournament, I want to bring up Josh Palmer, especially if, if Williams doesn't play. I mean, you're going to want to have a little bit of real variance, right, on those rosters. And I wonder if, you know, if there's a big play aspect to Palmer that could be interesting. I mean – probably trying too hard here. Keenan Allen seems pretty safe as well for LA and with the, with the Jaguars and for either team, you can go running back here and be fine. Uh, but with the Jaguars, they do also offer interesting options at, at receiver or even tight end last year's winner in that tournament had three tight ends on their team. So um, Engram has been pretty reliable this year. I kind of like him a little bit. Uh, Dan. Yeah, um, I, I totally agree on Ingram. I think he's probably a great pick for um, for the Jags, for the Chargers. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Keenan Allen. As, you know, it's a little bit more chalky, but um, I think he's probably the right play. Um, I think the Jaguars are probably going to take this one. Um, I just see with that Mike Williams injury, that definitely hurts their ability to stretch the field. Uh, you know, Palmer can do it too, but, you know, when they have two guys who can do it, they're better off. And then uh, Doug Peterson just has a playoff experience, and I think that's probably going to uh, count for something. And, you know, we're, we're very used to seeing the Chargers chargering some way or another um, in almost any important game. I mean, you know, that's kind of a narrative thing more than anything. But also I think, you know, there's I, – I, I do think there is something to having belief in the locker room and that, you know, that you are going to win and that, you know, that it can be done. And I'm not sure that the Chargers are there yet. Um, I, I have it 23 to 18 uh, for the Jaguars, so definitely taking the under, and uh, I, I think the Jags probably will cover the spread. Yeah, for me, it's uh, it's the Jaguars as well. Um, a shout out to Andrew Schellenberg if you're listening to this one. We 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 had your back here, uh, Andrew. Andrew's a big uh, Jaguars fan. He was at the game. They beat Tennessee. He was a little bit fired up in our chat. So shout, uh, shout out to Andrew. He's heading to the game this weekend too. So. Uh, you know, look out! Look out for the guy with no shirt on in the second quarter. That'll be Andrew. Um, so, real, 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 I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go let's ahead. finish no, this no. game, Theo, and then uh, let's let's talk real quick about the playoff challenge. Yeah, so yeah. People you can kind of be um, putting it in sure. terms of that the rest of the way. No, for, for sure. So for for me, it's uh, I, I trust Doug Peterson to get a win at home. Um, I think that that I think that it's I can see don't see Brandon Staley uh, getting the win on the road here. Um, I, I like Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I think he's he's going to have a nice game. But for me, um, you know, Evan Ingram is, is a nice call by you guys. But for me, it's Travis Etienne. I think Etienne is going to gash that defense. I think that you could see him rip off a couple of big runs. And I think Jacksonville will win the game. And I think they'll win the game by about six. And 
And they do get the extra day, and the Chargers have to travel across country, which is a tough spot traditionally west to east. So it's kind of an advantage Jacksonville in two ways there. That's a great call, Mike. Yeah. Yeah, Ian, why don't you talk to everybody about our sponsors, the FFPC and, and the playoff challenge that they're offering? Okay, yeah. So let's just real quickly, there's two versions of it. Um, there, There's one with a $200 entry fee, one with a $35 entry fee. Uh, the $200 entry fee, you can win uh, half a million dollars. So definitely very much a prize worth playing for. The uh, $35 one, the top prize is $100,000. Uh, you know, and at a $35 entry point, that's that's huge. So uh, really nice prizes up top. Uh, they've they've kind of uh, padded the uh, you know like the lower places a little bit, so they're they're getting a nice payoff. And basically, what you're doing is you get to pick one player and one player only from every team. You have to fill out a complete starting lineup, which is going to be uh, one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, tight end, four flexes, a kicker, and a defense. So if you add that up, that's 12 total players. There are 14 teams in the playoffs, so. That means you're going to be fading two teams completely, and then you're going to be kind of semi-fading a couple teams by taking their kicker and their defense because more than likely you, you don't want that kicker and defense uh, you know running multiple weeks for you in the playoff. Uh, you know, so you you have to make some choices. I mean, you know, if you take George Kittle, you cannot take uh, uh, you know Christian McCaffrey, for example, like we talked about. So. Uh, you know, it just forces you to make some interesting choices along the way. You got to figure out, uh, you know, how chalky you want to be at which places. Um, you know, are you going to try to, are you going to try to fade? Uh, you know, a lot of the chalky players. Are you going to go mostly chalk and then try to differentiate on one or two other players? You know, it's a lot of different ways to go about it. Fun challenge every year. I just, I, I really enjoy trying to figure this one out. And I will say, if you want to do well in your playoff challenge. The, the, you all you need to do is watch the goat district we have a john daigle coming on thursday night and then watch mike and the draft sharks if you watch our two podcasts you will be much better prepared for this competition uh mike you're going to have jared and you're going to have adam is it going to be a, a full house matt. with matt as well yeah that'll so be tomorrow i mean Perfect. guys you, you're you're not going to want to miss that one uh, we will retweet that one and then Thanks. thursday night you're going to have andrew jd dan myself with John Daigle of Four for Four, um, who helped us helped us out with it last year, it was the show was fantastic. So those two shows are must watches for you if you want to do well in this awesome, awesome challenge. Uh, moving on, uh, you know, we'll, we'll move on quickly here. Uh, Got to speed this up just slightly. I want to save the the the. We're going in order of of when these games are played, but we'll save Dolphins Bills till the end. Let's move on to Giants Vikings. Uh, we'll start with Dan on this one. Dan, the, the Vikings are a three-point favorite. The game is a pretty high total, 47 and a half points. These two teams played recently. It was a very, very close game. Uh, the the Vikings are maybe the worst statistical in terms of plus-minus 13-win team we've ever seen. They're actually negative three on, 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 on plus-minus, which is really wild. So I think that's either um, – I think that's kind of another litmus test. Do you see this as like a team of destiny that wins close games or a team that's just been very well coached and fortunate? Uh, two first-year head coaches as well with O'Connell and Dable. Dan, what's your expectations for this game uh, for the Minnesota Vikings this weekend? Yeah, it's, uh, I, I think it is a little bit more. The Vikings are you know a team that's been a little more lucky than, than good at times. Though, you know, I, I, again, coming up in the clutch, I mean, you know, and they've done that several times. 
that also is a skill. And, uh, you know, the Vikings have, have shown that. But I think uh, the Vikings are kind of in a tough spot here. Their offensive line is um, very much wounded, uh, missing three starters. Um, it's really patched together. And if the Giants are able to exploit that, you know, Kirk Cousins is a guy who's got to have decent protection in front of him to succeed. Uh, when he when it's a jailbreak on him, uh, he is not a good quarterback. So, you know, to me, the entire game is really going to revolve around uh, can the Giants' defensive line and uh, pass rush overcome Cousins in the uh, offensive line. I think it's going to be real close. Um, I think the Vikings will kind of find a way to patch it together, but you know, there are going to be some weeks at times on that line, and, uh, and, and that's going to hurt them. I have it uh, Giants 28-27 with uh, the Vikings missing the extra point at the end of regulation to tie it up. <laughs> because I have the schadenfreude of a Vikings fan. So You, you know. sure do. You sure do. Pure, pure pain on that prediction, Dan. I, that, that's, just, that's just pure pain, man. Mike, how do you see that game going? It's not enough for them to lose. They have to lose in the most painful way imaginable. Oh, spectacular. Yes. That's, that's well, I was all – I'm looking tradition. at the – I'm looking at the Norseman on your jacket. I'm all, I was all set up here with a, hey, before I give my pick, congratulations on winning pros versus Joes. Okay, Giants. Uh, but maybe I didn't need to soft sell that as, as badly as I thought originally. Um, yeah, I, I think this is a really tricky one for Minnesota, and you, you laid out most of it. Daniel Jones has gotten better, and his rushing has been, uh, I mean, in fantasy, we know, just really, really strong. Um, just different wide receivers. They might be a little tough to match up against with how he's turned to different guys. And they were they took yesterday's game off, basically. They still hung in there anyway against Philadelphia. So um, I'm worried for Minnesota. Um, I am tending to agree with you guys, but I do think Minnesota is going to get it done, but I think it'll be like a one-point win. I'll go 24-23 Minnesota. Uh, I think that it's it's definitely a scary game for Vikings fan, but I'll take the flip side of Dan's prediction. I'll go with a slight win there. Um, and then for me, it's it's Justin Jefferson. They're going to lean on him this game. Um, Hawkinson is a very appealing. If you think Minnesota's going to win this game, especially with the, the tear he's been on for the playoff challenge, I think Hawkinson's interesting, but yeah. you've got to go Jefferson. Yeah, just tight ends. Wow, we complained about tight ends all year, and we get here, and look at the <laughs> list. I mean, there, there are lots of them. There'll be teams with more than three, I bet, in the FFPC thing. Yeah, no, for sure. Pe- pe- people definitely love the uh, the tight end premium, and as you said, there, there's a history behind it. So um, that, it's definitely an interesting one. Moving, moving, And if you guys are good, we'll, we'll move on. Do you have anything yep. to add for this game? Okay, cool. Do you um, want to do the Bills game? Well, let's do the Ravens-Bengals real quick. Okay. Quick prediction. Okay. Quick prediction, guys. Um, any uh, any thoughts on this game? Start with Mike. I'd kind of be shocked if Baltimore did this. You know, I, I love Jackson, and I'm hope I hope he plays. We don't even know where he's been or just what that what that is. I respect the Ravens. Just every year, they're smart. They're a smart team. I'd, I'd be almost shocked if they went to Cincinnati after how this season has gone and beat the Bengals. I mean, Cincinnati has looked so strong for months. And the Ravens, when Jackson was last on the field, were kind of really struggling. So um, I'm on Cincinnati here. And, Mike, do you have anyone fantasy-wise from Cincinnati that you'd want to use in your playoff contest or encourage others to consider? I would not pick Mixon. I have to say something else after this. I would not pick Mixon because I want receivers, and I read this from Fantasy Mojo as well, on the teams that I think have the best chance to go long. So last year, you know, Chase and Higgins – 
make that make that easy. Pick one of them. Although now the other thing is Mixon was on the winning team last year, but I would be on Chaser Higgins or even Burrow. Dan, your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I think I, I think Burrow is probably the the way to play it for Cincy. Um, I I think that the Ravens are going to find a way to keep it close. I don't know with Lamar Jackson is he injured or is he just injured and uh, you know it's really more of a contract thing, uh, you know. But unless Andrews is healthy and unless Lamar is playing, I really don't think that uh, the Ravens can win. But I do think uh, you know they always find a way to keep it close against Cincy. So I I think. Uh, I'll take, I'll take the Ravens and take the points uh, if we're talking about it that way. Yeah, I agree with you, Dan. I think it's going to be a closer game, um, but I think Cincinnati gets it done. They're, I think they're becoming a very complete team with a with an excellent quarterback and excellent skill position players around him. For me, I'm still looking at Jamar Chase. Uh, I think he's a nice pivot because I think there'll be a lot of Burrow teams. Um, I think Jamar Chase just looks great. I know he dropped a touchdown pass yesterday, but he he looks every bit the part. The kind of guy could really make this playoffs his own. Um, so I will go Cincinnati winning the game. Like Dan said, I think I'd lean to the to the points for Baltimore if I was betting it. It's a John John Harbaugh has had uh, upsets in the in the in the NFL playoffs historically over the years. The guy uh, has won as a dog, um, but I, I think Cincinnati's just just a lot better than them right now. Uh, before we hit your Bills. Let's quickly do Cowboys Bucks. It's very fun. Right. The best thing about the expanded playoffs, guys, is the Monday Night Football playoff game. Um, what a difference uh, the, the, these months make! I was sitting in Vegas watching the Cowboys just just get smoked by the Bucks, completely controlled in Week One. That was the game Dak Prescott got injured. Um, the the Cowboys were really really looking down. They turn it around. They win in Cincinnati the following week. Um, and they've obviously turned their season around in a huge, huge way. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game? It's, it's the Cowboys minus three on the road in Tampa Bay. Uh, pretty decent-sized total of 45. Mike? I'm going to want to bet Dallas, but it's an uneasy feeling, you know, that first game too, but just Mike McCarthy at Tom Brady. like. Um, but I'm going to want to bet Dallas. I think the line, it could have been more, but yesterday – the line kind of says to me, um, Cowboys, because they have been so much better than the Bucks this year. You know, what three or four games better in the win column and just overall. Tampa Bay had a nice comeback win against Carolina there to clinch the NFC South without JC Horn, but still like Evans popped and maybe maybe they can they can make it work. But I, I think I'm I'm with Dallas. Dan. I'm going to take the Bucks here. Uh, you know, I, I agree that this is a totally different game than the first game of the year when, uh, you know, since, or, uh, Tampa Bay just kind of slowly smothered uh, the Dallas offense. But I think it could kind of work out that way again because uh, the Dallas offensive line is also a little bit beat up. And, uh, you know, Dak, it's, it's like you either get good Dak or bad Dak these days. And if it's bad Dak, it's not going to be great. Uh, if it's good, Dak, I think they they definitely have a chance. But I I'm I'm going to take the Bucks. I mean, you know, just they seem to be getting a little bit better. They seem to be kind of figuring it out as uh, you know they get towards the end of the season here. You know, the the Mike Evans uh, uh, breakout game in Week 17 was uh, you know something we've been waiting for all year. And so I I think it's going to be close. So I have I have at Bucks 21-19, and uh, you know if we 
just to, to go along the same lines, I think it could be a, the Cowboys trying to make a two-point conversion at the end to tie it up and uh, failing. I will go Dallas. I'll go. I'll go Dallas twenty-eight twenty-four. I think it's gonna be a little higher scoring than, than you think, and I think Dallas will get it done. We talk about like Minnesota in like the plus-minus. Dallas, if you look at plus-minus, they're they're way up there. Um, I think that they're they're a complete team, and I think they're gonna do well this playoffs. Uh, in terms of fantasy players, you got we both offered different winners for this, so it's kind of an interesting way of of. of is there a player on the Bucks or Cowboys that you would want on, on in this in this format, Mike? Well, you could go Pollard. You could go Zeke. I think if I'm going to pick Dallas, I'll want to go Lamb and then Tampa's kicker. It's probably what I would do. Um, you'd certainly have options on each side and Prescott. It's just it's it's hard to trust Dallas. You know, like even in this one game, but then making a run. I mean. Last year, their point differential was great, too, and it was all set up, and Prescott, you know, was probably somewhat of a popular pick in the in the tournament, but uh, they flopped. So um, Lamb is where I, you know, if I had one team, I think I'd have Lamb on it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, it's, Lamb, I think, is 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 like the, the chalk, but it doesn't mean it's wrong. Um, Pollard was a nice call by you. I think that, that'll be an interesting one. I don't think he'll be as widely used as some people might think. Right. Yeah, if you if you want to, you know, kind of low and pivot, I think Dalton Schultz would be the way to go. Um, you know, Dak certainly looks his way. Now we have to get to the the most uh, important uh, game of the weekend, especially for Mike. <laughs> um, you have Miami Buffalo this week. This is a, a big number right now. It's it's around uh, nine and a half um, with the Bills favored. They played two classics this year. They had the 21-19 game um, where Miami beat them early in the year. It was kind of like the the Mike McDaniel era starting off just tremendously. They won a low-scoring game against Buffalo kind of out of nowhere. Um, and I wouldn't say completely out of nowhere, but most, pe- most people thought the Bucks would take care of – the Bills would take care of business that week, and they did not. Then we had maybe one of the best games of the year was the 32-29 Bills win mid-December. It was in the snow – you had Josh Allen with the game-winning drive in the snow. It was like a transcendent moment for him as a Buffalo Bill. Uh, game three, Vegas is telling you it's going to be not so close. There's a chance Skylar Thompson starts at quarterback. I think there's uh, a lot of question marks right now with Tua uh, Tungavailoa coming back. Teddy Bridgewater's also banged up. And then Skylar Thompson uh, had a weird game yesterday, but but he did get the win. Uh, what's your thoughts on this game, Mike? Is this just like a – Third time's a charm, and they 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 beat the hell out of them. Or is it going to be a little closer than some people think? I think Miami's quite live if Tua plays. Those were two great games, as you said, and he made good good decisions in in both of those games, but especially the second one. Like they they really impressed because I think maybe the the smell in the air was that the Bills would handle that game more easily that night. It d- didn't snow until late. It was it was memorable, but Miami Miami gets pressure on Allen like they've been able in both games especially the first one to really sort of not mess him up like he gets there but just they've made it hard on him and I think you know Miami's coaching staff is well respected I like McDaniel a lot I think they might be a little bit of a challenge they certainly have been in their two meetings um I I wouldn't give the Dolphins much of a chance without Tua Uh, I really just doubt that they'll be able to function like they need to to keep up with the Bills team that the implied totals around 27 
And, you know, yesterday it was 35. Yesterday they didn't have a big play until the middle of the third quarter, and they ended up with 35 and that Davis drop like against New England. Just you know how lethal they can be. So I think they'll need Tua to have a chance. And if he does play, which may, I don't know if it's a long shot or not, but if he does, I would take the points. I think we'll know a little bit more midweek about kind of everybody's status, but uh, that's a great take. Uh, Dan, your your thoughts on this? Yeah, I'm kind of with Mike on that. I think it's got to be Tua in there. Otherwise, there's really not much of a chance. I think the, the Dolphins' path to victory also is a lot of ball control on offense with some shot plays. Uh, you know, if they're if their running attack is is really clicking and they've got two in there to, uh, you know, just keep feeding the ball to to Waddle and uh, Hill, uh, you know, that's kind of their path to to victory if 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 one were to happen. But I think Buffalo is in pretty good spot here, so it's tough to bet against the Bills, uh, fantasy wise. Um, and I think I think I'd probably it. Miami might be a team I fade entirely or else take their kicker. Um, and for Buffalo, um, you know, that, that might be a place to go with, uh, you know, one of your more chalky players with digs. Um, though Buffalo is, I mean, Josh Allen does really good underrated at spreading the ball around. Uh, you know, so you can, you could go with some other plays on that. You could go with Josh Allen just to take advantage of the fact that he does, you know, spread the ball around. Josh Allen, obviously, probably the most chalky of the plays, but uh, probably him or Diggs for me. And uh, maybe we get a big Gabe Davis playoff game, uh, and and something repeats itself, and and uh, he'll be not not well, not very highly rostered, but he'll have one just massive, massive game again. Um, Diggs is probably the play, though. I think you know he's he's so good, and you know if we're projecting the Bills to make a deep run which I think they're perfectly capable of. I think that Diggs could be on a lot of uh, rosters that do quite well. I, I'll agree with with Mike that I think if Tua plays, I think it'll be a closer game. I think Mike McDaniel's a fantastic coach. I think he'll have a good game plan. But you just can't overcome it if it's Skylar Thompson against the Bills. I think that just would be a buzzsaw. Uh, so it's kind of a game that we want to – I would wait and get a little news until you bet it or put guys in for your playoff challenge. Okay, guys, uh, want to quickly get to our thoughts on – AFC Championship game, NFC Championship game, and Super Bowl. Why don't we start out with AFC Championship game predictions? Mike, who's going to be in the AFC Championship game, and who wins it? Well, I think maybe most fans, due respect to Cincinnati, want to see Bills Chiefs again. If that happens, it'll be played at a neutral site. I don't think it's – unless it's happened in the last hour, I don't think it's been announced yet where that would be. So that's interesting, too. I mean, really – the Bills in their last three games against Kansas City have won two, and they lost the other one in, incredibly at the end, kind of just a meltdown, and those games were all played in Kansas City. It's it's an advantage to have that week off, and I'm, I'm not slighting that, but I like the Bills' chances if they get there. And, and why I would pick them over the Bengals is that that 2-3 game would be in Buffalo. The Bengals got a little bit of a tough one with the way they figured out the format after the canceled game. The Monday night game in Cincinnati, Cincinnati looked sharp as that game was starting. We didn't get to see the rest of it, as we know. Um, so I'll go, I'll go Bills here uh, over the Chiefs, and I like San Francisco. But oh, we didn't, you didn't ask me. Well, well you, guess, it's okay, it's okay, Mike. Keep it going. We'll switch the format. So the NFC Championship <laughs> game. Who do you have in the NFC Championship game? I like Sa- San Francisco over Philly. San Francisco over Philly. Okay. Um, yeah. So you you're that's uh, so you're you're officially on a Kansas City 
or excuse me, a Buffalo San Francisco Super Bowl. Yeah, and it's not that exciting, right? They're both the ones and the twos from each side that I picked. Um, I think I think Minnesota is not, not strong. Um, Dallas, I don't really trust. So I feel like San Francisco, Philadelphia is pretty solid. These seven seeds have not, I mean, just by the spreads last year and this year, have not really been quite playoff caliber. I did make the, the two a point, I know, but I think the twos can maybe have an easy time here. The spreads reflect that, and the ones get the buy. So big advantage up top. And last year was four versus four. You know, that we know that that's unusual. Dan, God, give us your uh, AFC title game and your NFC title game predictions and your Super Bowl prediction. All right, yeah. So I it, for the AFC, I have uh, Buffalo, Cincinnati, and uh, Jacksonville winning in the first round, which means that it's going to be Buffalo against Cincinnati in the second round. And I'm about to make myself very, very unpopular here, given who I've seen in the chat and, uh, you know, with, <laughs> with Mike as well. But, it's fine. Um, I, I, I think it's going to be the Bengals over the Bills. Um, I think it's going to be a hard-fought game. I think it's coming down to the last possession. Um, Joe Burrow, though, man, he's, he, he's just – he seems like he's on a mission. I mean, I know the Bills are too. It's just – Having to pick one there is tough, but I, I do pick the Bengals, and I'll take the Chiefs over the Jaguars, and for the championship game in the FC, I'll take the uh, the Bengals over the Chiefs. Uh, I think they just have their number. So if, if that gives you any sort of uh, happiness, Mike, that uh, the Chiefs will not <laughs> represent the AFC. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I respect for me, it. For, for me, it's going to be a San Francisco-Philadelphia NFC title game, and I do have San Francisco getting the win there, um, and I'm not sure it's going to be particularly close. I think San Francisco is going to going to really show well um, in the in the playoffs here. Uh, then, in terms of the AFC, it's super tough. Again, I'm with Dan. I have Jacksonville playing Kansas City. I have Kansas City winning that game very easily. I think the combination of the week off and then a, a pretty decently easy. Uh, second round game is going to propel Kansas City. I think Cincinnati and Buffalo play an absolute classic, and I think Buffalo gets by Cincinnati. I see Kansas City beating Buffalo. They just will have an easier path. Um, it's been an emotional ride for Buffalo. I, I wonder if that kind of catches up with them by the AFC title game. Um, so I will go with Kansas City, San Francisco in the Super Bowl, and I will go with Brock Purdy as your Super Bowl champion uh, with the 49ers winning the Super Bowl. Uh, and Kyle Shanahan just being the smartest man in the room all offseason. Um, this was awesome, guys. I want to quickly grab one fantasy uh, question from you guys. Last year, we saw Gabe Davis have an amazing playoff run when he was kind of a transcendent player in redraft to the point where he was going extremely highly in, in high stakes, even before the opening game. The opening game, he scores a touchdown. He keep, continues going highly. Uh, is there a player in the playoffs that you see that maybe could rise his ADP a couple of rounds? I'll, I'll throw out DK, DK Metcalf also did this years back where he had the massive game in the playoffs, and I think that elevated his ADP as well in year two. Uh, it's kind of a nuanced question. Dan, is there anybody you see um, us of the teams you mentioned making a run, especially, that you could see a guy just kind of going higher based on how he did? Yeah, I mean, as far as, like, actually – 
going higher because my the guy I think who's going to probably do uh, the best in the playoffs, you know, that is going to be low owned or whatever, is going to be Jarrett McKinnon. But you know, when it comes around to draft time next year, I'm not sure that's going to really matter that much. Um, you know, people are going to be, you know, if if he does that and if he stays with Kansas City, he'll probably cement himself as a, you know, tenth round pick or something like that. But um, you know, I think I think. Probably George Kittle is the one who could do the most to help his draft status next year. If he has a good, solid playoffs after the run he's had the past, you know, four weeks here, uh, I, I think all of a sudden Kittle is in the conversation again as, you know, who, who are the top tight ends in the game. Mm-hmm. I, I, love, I love that one. Mike, anybody for you jump out? I love thinking about this question. I mean, so what, what was Davis? He was – Wide receiver three, almost two on a great offense, and he had a career day. Um, maybe a cautionary tale, right? Because he's had a sort of uneven season. The best name for me that I've been able to think of for this question is Kadarius Tony. I, mean, yeah, I think I too. that was mine. So he, thank you, Mike. Oh, sorry. I mean, just like he's positioned, he's on a great offense. It's as much of a future investment, I think, theirs as it was a present. And re- nobody else, wide receiver wise, has been that reliable. And, you know, they're the Chiefs. <laughs> so, got to love the the talent. And if he gets there and is able to stay healthy, that's been a huge problem for him. What a position he's in going forward. Yeah, I love, I love uh, both your guys' responses. I think they're both very, very uh, good names because I think George Kittle right now would – have a chance to get to closer to TJ Hawkinson, Mark Andrews level. If he, if he has a dominant playoffs um, tight ends, a little funny because I think that we're going to see a huge uh, tear break be, be, between tight end one and then like tight end two and three in terms of redraft. Uh, so Kittle is definitely interesting. Tony's a wonderful uh, answer, Mike, because I think that he's a guy much like Gabe Davis that could kind of rise up. I don't think he'll rise up to that extent, but I do think he'll be, He's a guy people are already going to be kind of excited to draft just based on an offseason with the team. And I think that, uh, you know, it would kind of validate that if he has a couple of big playoff games. And I think that the X factor is the manufactured runs. They're starting to do that for him, and he looks just fantastic doing it. Uh, I'll take a kind of a chalky player here. Um, I think that the 102 is, is kind of up for grabs a little bit next year. I think that Justin Jefferson's the 101. But I do think with a, a big playoff run, um, with a couple of dominant games, I think uh, Jamar Chase could settle into that 102 in redraft discussion. I think he could get people super, super excited to draft him early again. He's a lock first rounder next year, uh, but I think that he can move himself up and did like that, that 102 range. It could be back-to-back LSU wide receivers next year in redraft. Um, Dan, anything else to add? No, I think we covered it. Uh, just make sure that, uh, you know, Get involved in that FFPC playoff challenge. I mean, it's just, it's such a fun game. Um, there's so many different ways you can play it. Uh, you know, I, it, and I think it's a lot more fun to have like five entries than it is to have one entry. Uh, you know, so you can you can kind of handle some different scenarios. And, uh, you know, it, usually, usually if you can get five or six entries in there, you're going to find one of them does pretty well. Guys, time out. I, we have one fantastic fantasy news in the chat. Yeah, Shout yes. out to Jeffrey Cause. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury has been been fired for Adam Schefter, so that's going to be a little less comic relief in the in the goat district. But that's a good some good fantasy news. Mike, let everybody know where they can find you. Remind everybody about your playoff uh, show tomorrow. Okay, 
Uh, the show tomorrow will be on the Draft Sharks feed. We'll record in the morning and probably be up early afternoon. And it will be entirely focused on the FFPC playoff challenge. Jared Smola, Matt Schauf, Adam Krautwurst, and myself will go team by team and uh, break it down that way. I am also the co-host of the Deep End Fantasy Podcast with Adam. And I'm also uh, afternoon drive host in Buffalo, uh, 3 to 7 Eastern every weekday with my partner, Chris Parker, the Bulldog. So we've been on for about 20 years in that spot. We do Bills postgame. Like you, you'd be able to hear us after the game Sunday on the Bills Radio Network and the Odyssey app. Awesome. Well, yeah, we can't say enough about the Draft Sharks guys. Uh, as the kids say, they are sharp AF. Um, the, we've had all of you guys on the Go District to this point, and, and you guys always bring it. Um, this was a pleasure. Thanks again for your time, Mike. We're loaded this week, Dan. Um, we're going to be back on Wednesday evening with Matt Hicks. Um, we're doing a 2023 uh, rookie rankings, early rookie rankings. So if you're a dynasty player, you do not want to miss Matt Hicks. Uh, you'll hear him on many podcasts this this offseason, but this will be his first time debuting his 2023 ranks, um, I believe. Um, and it's going to be awesome. Last year, he had Chris Olave as his wide receiver one. He's had so many hits over the years. He's super sharp. And then Thursday, we get back to doing this. Uh, we're doing a doubleheader. Dan and I are sitting down with Chris Vaccaro, an NFFC Hall of Famer. We are going to do the uh, playoff hold'em challenge for the NFFC. And then Thursday evening, we're going to have a full house goat district with JD, Andrew, Dan, and myself, um, where John Daigle of 4 for 4 is joining us for our playoff challenge FFPC show. So it's a loaded week in the district. It's an awesome time to be a football fan. Enjoy LSU TCU. Guys, the Horn Frogs hang, or is this just a, a blowout tonight? What is it, Georgia minus uh, 13? Georgia minus 1,000, maybe, at this point. <laughs> You lost a lot of money betting against TCU, including last week. <laughs> I will. So, I will remind everyone we have uh, Big Twelve connections, Baylor connections with uh, with Dan and, and Mike. So, does the Big Twelve uh, yes. cover the number here, Dan, or no? Yeah, I'm going to say they cover the number. Uh, I wouldn't rule out an outright win. I mean, I ju I just really you know, watching how TCU reacts to winning games just says a lot. I mean, you know, they 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 don't get too full of themselves. They're just ready to move on to the next week. You know, it's it's just kind of a, you know, hey, we, good, we got past this one. We got another one to go. Uh, you know, and I, I, I always like betting on teams that, that are like that, uh, that just, you know, are very low-key about their wins. Yeah, I think it's they've been a wonderful story this year. I have family that goes to TCU. Uh, they're excited about this one. Um, but I do think it's going to be Georgia. I think Georgia's going to boat race them. I think Georgia's the real deal. I am looking to Quinton Johnston, who I think is going to be a top five pick for us in rookie drafts. Uh, he got loose against Michigan. He looks looks awesome. I know we've been Jalen Rager, we've been Josh Doxson, but uh, I, we're, we're back in in on a TCU wide receiver early in rookie drafts, and it's going to be what, exciting. He's what, do you, what do you think, Mike? Who's, how, how's TCU going to do in this game? I have no qualified opinion about that, as I am not really immersed in college football. But no, no, I would Mike, Mike, remind everybody how many years you got to vote for the Heisman Trophy before you, uh, you self-deprecate this one. Before they figured out that I didn't really follow the sport too closely, too many. <laughs> it was over a decade. But I recommend the Buffalo Sabres minus 225 tonight, over six wow. and a half against the Flyers. There I so there you go, guys. Parlay Georgia and the Buffalo Sabres tonight. <laughs> and uh, we'll see everybody back in the district on Wednesday evening. Enjoy the rest of your day.